ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dynasty Junkies. We are on episode 77 of the Dynasty Junkies this week. Oh, man, it doesn't feel like we've gone through a whole year, but yet it feels like last week was an entire year in itself. We are here week 16 of the NFL season, excited to finally be through some of the playoffs. I've got my uh, co-host for the evening tonight, Rocky Petrella. How's it going, Rocky? How are you feeling tonight? Going great. This is kind of fun these last couple of weeks, uh, switching up the format a little. We had Scott host last week. It doesn't usually host. And usually when I'm on, I take the lead. But I'm just going to relax and let, let you guide the show, Andrew. I, I'm enjoying this. No pressure. I like it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> well, hopefully we're going to have some good conversation tonight. we got a, a great guest on tonight. we got Jay Feliciano. Am I saying that right, Jay? Uh, not even close, but that's okay. Perfect. I'm used to it. <laughs> Felicio. I was I was close but not close. I appreciate that, right. Jay. Welcome to the show, Jay. Glad to have you, you on. And, hey, uh, trust wh- me. What- Last name gonna- like that, I've I've heard much worse than that. So you are perfectly fine. No worries. I, I hosted a DGN episode where I called Shane Barrett Scott for the first twenty minutes, as, as you know. I was Andrew. on that episode. Yes, that was great. <laughs> so, that was great. I've done that to him many times. So. Yes. <laughs> All good, all good. Well, again, glad you're here, Jay. We're going to get into some of the talks Absolutely. tonight. We're going to have some have some fun, see what we can get into. I know a lot of times on this show we, we get into some of the injuries, but this week we're pretty much skipping that, partially because there's a whole bunch of games. Every day is it feels like there's you know games on every single day. There's new COVID additions. There's new players coming off IR, going on IR. Listen, it's just too much to keep up with. And at this time of year, all we care about is championships. All we care about is winning that title. So, like, let's get right to it. Let's cut through all the noise of the injuries. There isn't a whole lot of really big dynasty-relevant news. I mean, yes, some of the injuries could have some dynasty relevance. But for the most part, we're not really too worried about it. So we're going to jump right into, I think, was a terrific idea for this episode. And we're going to just pretty much do listener questions all night. We're going to pull some questions that we got off of Twitter, people that saw my tweet about that. We're going to dive into some of these. Some of them might be easy. Some of them might be hard. Some of them might cause a lot of discussion. Some of them might not cause any discussion. We'll see kind of where it goes. But I think that way it's a little more free-flowing. We can kind of give some opinions and valuations on things. And again, I think uh, it just makes it for an easier end of the year as we're all kind of wrapping up. We got holidays. Everybody's all over the place. I'm at my in-laws, so this is a, a fun little change of pace for me too. So um, with that said, I guess I, the first question I put on the sheet, which I think is a great one to kind of dive into this, it's from Pulsar. And I think we've done a league of his. I think we found him a trade once at Pulsar0102. He asked, what is your off-season process in terms of timing from right after the Dynasty Championship in your league through free agency, the draft, 
and preseason to the start of next season. So really what he's asking here is kind of like, what is your thought process as one season ends before the next season begins? Uh, as Russ likes to call it, the non-point scoring season, right? And I, I love the non-point scoring season. That's my favorite time of year. But Rocky, we'll kick it over to you first. I guess broad strokes, big picture. What is your thought process when the season ends? How do you plan for next year? First of all, when the season first ends, I, I, I take a break. I, I like to wind down after it's such a, you know, grind. It's especially, I, you know, I have 33 leagues, setting lineups every week and <laughs> doing waivers every week and all that stuff. I, I usually take probably about maybe three weeks off. Um, I mean, if I get trade offers, I'm not ignoring them. But uh, but th and then after that, what I've started doing the last year or so is uh, I I'm trying to get more into watching the rookies myself, because because once once the season ends, rookie season begins. And uh, I, I like having get getting my own eyes on them like back uh, three, four years ago when I first started. Uh, I do what Russ often says. I, I depend on I was depending on other people to tell me who was good, basically. Uh, so I, I like getting in there and, and and seeing these guys. I get stronger opinions on them. It's, that's why I firmly still believe that Zach Wilson is total trash because uh, <laughs> I, I did I did watch college tape on him. And uh, so yeah, a lot of the time early on is spent doing that. I, I don't get. Uh, I would say during the off season, I don't get as active uh, sending out trade offers and things like that. But being in as many leagues as I am, I get plenty. So I, I still get 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 my itch in, get my action in. Uh, I usually I'll counter or I'll, I'll come up with something else when someone sends me something. Uh, in terms of free agency, uh, I, I don't. I mean, I don't have that that much effect on me on dynasty. I, I'll do the thing that everybody's going to do. You know, certain guys get bumps based on on where they sign or who leaves with their team and things like that. So of course I'm sending out offers then. Um, but yeah, the big thing for me is mostly is preparing for the the, the rookie drafts, and uh, also another big thing I like to do early in the off season is try and reacquire some rookie picks, especially like right after that break in January, before people start really getting hyped up. Because I'm the kind of guy who will, at this point in the year, I I have so many rosters where I have like no picks because <laughs> I'm going for it. I have a lot of playoff teams, and uh, I you know I'm trying to bolster my lineups, especially this friggin' year where everybody's disappearing on you in the blink of an eye, thanks to COVID. So, yeah. So yeah. Acquiring picks early, uh, looking at guys uh, for the rookie draft. And, uh, and, and as we always say, you know, in the off season, it's all about value. So, so, so don't be worrying about your starting lineup the entire, until about August. Don't be worrying about when you get those trade offers or when you're making them, just don't worry about the lineup. No, I 100% agree. And I think you're hitting on a couple of the things I want to mention, too. But I'll let Jay go next and kind of see maybe if he's on the same page as he of any other things that he plays. I guess, Jay, what is that sort of the same as Rocky? You playing the long game or are you looking for something else in the offseason? Yeah, so I, I don't want to rehash everything that he said, but a lot of the same. I definitely take a break. Um, I am in way too many leagues, over 20. I think, Rocky, you and I talked about this a few, yes. few weeks <laughs> ago. Um, I am in too many. Scott Fish tweeted out. Um, I think a day or two ago about he thinks a lot of people are going to cut back on leagues next year because, you know, with COVID 2020 and 2021, everybody joined a ton of leagues and I am very guilty of that. So uh, just make sure, I, in my personal opinion, when you leave a league, do it the right way. You know, give plenty of notice. You know, don't just trade away your picks and be like, oh, sorry, I'm out. But um, and one other thing I just wanted to add to that, don't worry about leaving leagues either. I'm a commissioner right. of seven leagues. 99% of commissioners don't care. Like they're just like, yep. let me know and I'll find somebody else. They don't care what your reason. Is. I honestly don't. Like, if you want to leave, I'm okay. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, I like I mean, like, like if you're in one of my that... leagues, I like Jay. I'm like, I wish you wouldn't leave, but right. I, I'm not like pissed about it. I'm not upset right. about it. I don't need a reason, you know, that kind of I've thing. Lo- I've got a couple of leagues that I'm I've held on to for the past couple of years because I felt guilty. And I'm just, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't have the time to, to do that. So I'm with well, you. I'm going to do it the right way, but just, just, I'm like, I got to cut bait. Just right. to jump in on my own. I think most commissioners are probably in too many leagues. So it's almost like <laughs> yeah. when you say to them, like, I'm in too many leagues. I got to quit. They're like, man, that's a great idea. I should probably look into that. Like, I'm going to do exactly There was actually one I was in last year uh, that I, I told the commissioner that I wanted to get out. And he goes, you're the third person to tell me that I don't really want to play either. I think we might just fold the league. And so we put it in the leak chat. Is and like, they're not a better later, feeling than that. Like, I've actually, yeah. Everybody, two days later, everybody's like, like, yeah, that makes sense. You go. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, keep going, um, Jake. What, keep going. One thing I like to do at the end of every season, I started doing this a few years ago and it's really helped. And it's both dynasty and redraft is about a week after the season ends, the fantasy championship. I just go and I make a word document and I just make notes on things that I learned that season because you know, in the off season, especially the preseason going into draft season, there's a lot of narrative. There's a lot of talk about, you know, like look at guys like Debo Samuel, like he was going four five, six rounds after Ayuk. Um, just some things that not only season the over the length of the season, but also how things finished up in the playoffs, just to give myself a reminder when I do go into that draft season, when I'm starting to prepare um, for the following season that, Okay, I remember I hit on these things that, you know, there was one that I made myself laugh and I still think of it a couple of years ago. Um, I won the championship in my home league and I wrote um, playoff matchups matter. And then there was, there, I can't remember the specific player, but there was somebody who I was holding on for, for one matchup and he helped me win the championship. And then the very next line I wrote playoff matchups don't matter because I had <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins and he had a fantastic or he had a fantastic matchup and didn't do anything. So it was just one of those things. Just I put those side by side to remember myself, to remind myself to to not overthink things like that. Like you, you play your stud, you know, you try to look for the matchups, but in in reality, you play your studs unless it's somebody who uh, you know on the on the fence that you want to play with a good matchup, something like that. Um, but I definitely completely agree. Take a break, um, as, no matter how many leads you have. Um, I like to just give myself a breather, like, you know, maybe it's because I have so many leagues, maybe it's because I have kids, um, just, you gotta take a step back and kind of have some time to absorb it all. Cause it's, it's so easy to want to fall into that trap of, okay, well I didn't win the league that I wanted to win or as many leagues as I wanted to win. So what do you do? You do a dynasty startup. I want to start over and I want to build my team from scratch. And it's so easy to get caught up in that, but, um, and I, I'm more of the long game as well. I do scour the the free agent market to see if there's anybody who, you know, who I do believe has some talent if they sign with the, you know, in the right situation. Um, but all in all, I, I don't do, I'm not too active in the off season until after free agency and after the rookie draft, just because I'm a little risk adverse when it comes to trading sometimes. And so I don't want to take the chance. Yeah. So much can change. And I just, I don't want to take the chance of, making that big move for somebody and then they sign where they're going to have the backfield or, you know, sign where there's, they're going to be the number two wide receiver, three wide receiver when you think they're going to, you know, like um, Leonard Fournette was a good example, although he, he played really well, you know, everybody was excited. They thought he was going to go somewhere 
Um, and where he wasn't going to share the backfield, granted he did take over the backfield, but it didn't look like that when he, when he signed back with Tampa. So he's somebody who stuck with me, uh, this past year that, you know, everybody thinks he's going to sign in Miami You're signing Seattle and become this bell cow back. And, you know, people got lucky with him. Uh, I, I had my fair share of Leonard Fournette, but uh, he's just an example of how, what the narrative is on Twitter isn't necessarily what's going to happen. You've got to be really careful with that in the offseason in Dynasty. Or, or yeah. Jay, you'll appreciate this. My my boy James Robinson. He, everyone was happy when we got through free agency and he was pretty much unscathed. Yep. Yep. And the draft. And I was. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I will I will admit James Robinson is somebody who I, I midseason I changed my mind on because he was getting that volume. I traded for him in my home league. He's helped me get to the playoffs. So. Rocky, way, I will admit, I was wrong on James Robinson. If you're still alive Ooh. and you have him, he's going to smash this week versus the Jets. I sure hope so. Well, I'm starting <laughs> yeah. AJ Brown. They are like um, a historically bad run defense. I sure hope so. Yeah. I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it this week. So, well, I'll get back onto this for just a second. I think I hit on you hit on a lot of the new stuff that I was going to bring up too, Jay. And <laughs> the thing that you hit on a lot that I think Rocky mentioned that I want to make sure I mentioned too. First things first, take a break, right? You can't do anything if you're mentally frazzled. You're not going to make good decisions if you're not in the right place. So I, I am right there with you. I almost always, and I don't say I take a break as in like I stop paying attention, but I stop sending trade offers. I stop really looking at the waivers for the entire postseason of the NFL. Right. When the fantasy championships end, I am really just on like January, pretty much. I am almost entirely leaving my teams just to go, because in all honesty, most leagues are dying by then or, you know, slowing down by then. They're not really a lot of activity in the league anyway. And those are the times when you might send a couple trades, but no one's really looking to make a lot of moves right there. Because nothing right. is, I mean, yeah, th- th- nothing has changed enough. You know what I mean? You might get a guy that injures himself or comes out of nowhere in the postseason, but that's really rare. Um, so, again, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Take a break. Get your mind right. Take some time off. Um, and that, I think that, one thing that – I was just going to say that January time, too, is great just to watch to watch football, to enjoy football. It's basically mostly I good teams I was literally playing. about to say exactly, exactly what I was going to do. Yep. Because then you can watch the playoffs. You have yep. no fantasy concerns or, or playoff fantasy leagues, I guess. But but it's nice sometimes to just watch football, just it, not be worrying. Oh, okay, I can score here, right. but then I can't, you know, then this guy can't score anymore after this. <laughs> yeah. Right, yep. exactly. Like, oh, this is what it feels like to watch football with, without having to worry about fantasy leagues. Well, and that's why I like about it, too, because there's only two or four, maybe eight games, I think, in a week, right? Like, the, the, well, not even eight, I guess. There's like four games or something on a weekend. I mean, like, it's a lot lighter workload. And so that way you can kind of – the NFL almost feels like they take a break, right? Half the league goes to bed, right. and they just take their their off season already. And it's like that's a perfect time to mentally relax, get back into liking football, watch the Super Bowl, have fun with all that. And then I'm not kidding you. Like, the day after the Super Bowl, like that Monday – I'm sending out trade offers. I'm going back to see what like picks I can get. Cause then it's like, all right, grind time. We got to keep going. And I talk about this a lot in articles that I write and we talk about it on the show all the time, but it just feels to me and, I, and maybe it's anecdotal, but I feel like the, the results are there, but the people who work the hardest get the most benefit out of this. The people that grind the waivers, the people that really do like try to squeeze every bit of value they can and like all that kind of stuff, while it can be annoying and sometimes unnecessary, you can sometimes use that in your advantage. And that's when you start to make sw- like really big, like, moves on your team and make them value make the value of your team go up right is in that february march time frame in that free agency time frame and you you said this too jay like i'm all i'm all for being risky on a rebuild 
I am all for being risky in the offseason where I need to be risky. And I talk about this a lot, too. you got to have a little bit of risk on every team. You can't be a boring team and win. So if my mm-hmm. teams are coming into the offseason and it's a bunch of boring players that really didn't do a lot for me this year or I got bounced in the first round, I might be going out and acquiring risk. Like, let's go find me, uh, I don't know, Kenny Galladay. Right? Let's go find some cheap, risky players. Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. If he signs with Kansas City or he signs with Green Bay or uh, there's so many question marks around these guys, the current manager of them might have held them all year for this exact moment to hold and wait. But they might be willing to cut bait and say, you know what, I'm out of here. So it's like that's when you can start to strike on some of those riskier options, which I really like risk to a point. Right. Like I am not risk averse, but I'm also not risk uh, attractive. Right. Like I'm not <laughs> dying to go get it, but it's a nice balance. You're going to have to find that thread. That it's all about the value. Like you said, like, it, that's, you know, risk is worth it if, if as long as you're not overpaying for it. Yep. Like you might go out there and send like a second for Allen Robinson in every league just to see if anybody's biting, just to see if something pops. You know what I mean? Like maybe somebody out there is, is I don't know, fed up with Robinson and has no picks. And like Rocky was just saying, now's the time to go get picks. They might look at that and go, yeah, I'm off that train. And in your head, you're like, that's a good trade. In his head, that's a good trade. That's what we're looking for. Right. Because Dynasty Leagues, you're not going to you're really not going to do well in Dynasty if you try to you know, screw everybody over and win every trade. That's not how it works in Dynasty. It just can't. So I liked all Even of that. And I think one other- I'm. One th- I just want to jump in there real quick. That's something I really try to to preach. I practice it and I preach it. You're people who try to win trade. There's nothing more annoying than somebody that feels like they have to win every trade. Yeah. I have had so much more success in dynasty and redraft with people that I have a good trade relationship with. That you're willing to you know have the win win deal. That it you're you know even if you get you win one trade, well that person's gonna have a bad taste in their mouth and they're not gonna want to trade with you anymore. Um, I definitely think it's much more productive uh, to have good trade relationships with people in your leagues. And especially this time of year, I'm willing to lose trades. I don't, you know, I want points. And and if I'm going to lose a trade on value because I get points to help me win a championship, I'm I'm doing that all day. Yeah, well, and that's exactly right. But in the offseason, it kind of flips the other way a little bit. We're like, I care yep. more about value than points, right? So, like, I'm just trying to get anything value added to my team. But the values are different, right? My value is different than Rocky's values and different than Jay's values. So, like, you can find a way to one-up and get some value on your team, and the other guy can agree, you know? So that's something where it can kind of come into play. So uh, I, I also wanted to say one last thing. The watching the tape, watching the rookies, that's exactly right. That's what we need to start doing, and this is the time of year to start doing that. So I 100% agree. Leading up to the, the season, that's the time to go. Um, so one, one last thing I just wanted to point out before we move to the next question, our buddy Kyle Sander in the chat, um, it said, one thing I'll say, this goes back a little bit ways what we were talking about, but it, I wanted to point it out. If you leave a league and you've traded away your future picks, offer to pay the next buy-in if it's a money league. I thought that was, a, I, I, it's not something I've ever really done, but I thought it was a really nice suggestion. Uh, depending on how the buy, how high the buy-in is, I don't know if I'll offer, but, <laughs> but, but uh, a lot of my leagues are lower buy-ins and I, I just thought it was an interesting point. That, that yeah, I, I like that. And I, I think that really depends on, and it, it depends on the, the person too. Like if you went into the season knowing you were going to leave and then you traded those picks away, then yeah, you should do that. But yeah. if you legitimately didn't plan on it, you made moves to make the team better then, you know, I think it's a nice gesture, but it's not, you know, necessarily something that you should. Yeah, I don't think like it's something you, need to you, do. you have to do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, especially if it's uh, if it's not too high of a buy. And you're talking like right. a, a $40 right, yeah. league, $30 <laughs> yeah. league, something like that, maybe. But right. 
Yeah, if it's a five hundred dollar league, you, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to pay that. Buy. <laughs> no, that, that's a that's a that's a different ask. That's a different ask. So I, I think we hit on a lot of good topics. I think we covered a lot of ground. I mean, that's a that's a really meaty question. We'll be getting into all of that this off season. Obviously, we'll talk about each one of these. Uh, we're still going to be weekly in the off season where you know dynasty doesn't stop. We got to play this game all year round. So we'll make sure that we're with you and keep tuning in. Obviously, if you want more questions, but I thought that was a good starter when they're from Pulsar. So thanks so much Absolutely. for that. Um, we'll get into some more of that stuff, <clears throat> obviously, even in this show. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things. But uh, the next question comes to us from Dennis Bennett, FF Roundtable, at culture underscore coach. His is more of a, a start sit, which I like these in Dynasty. We don't do a lot of this on this show, but it's kind of an interesting angle to look at it. He's got PPR. He needs two for his flex spots. He's got Gabe Davis, Jamison Crowder, Kenny Galladay, or Allen Robinson if he's off the COVID list. So, again, it mentioned some of the guys I just talked about there. But, again, to repeat, Gabe Davis, Jamison Crowder, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson. Jay, pick two of those. Who are you starting? Well, Gabe Davis jumps off the page to me. He's no question, uh, without hesitation, the one that I am definitely throwing in my lineup. Um, even if Emmanuel Sanders comes back, even in the tough matchup, by all means, he's got the high – all these guys have a floor of zero. Let's be honest. Um, he's got the highest ceiling by far. Uh, he just came off a huge game, first two touchdown, first career two touchdown game. Um, so he's in my lineup, no question. The other one I would go with is Jamison Crowder. He's got a good matchup going against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who give up the six most points to opposing wide receivers um, over the past three three games. He's averaging over six targets a game. No Elijah Moore, no Corey Davis. He's pretty much the man there. And yes. Um, Zach Wilson has looked like trash, but uh, in a PPR format, you could easily see Crowder getting to the 10-point threshold. If he's able to sneak into the end zone, he could have a good game. Uh, there's no way I'm trusting either one of the two other guys. Uh, Kenny Galladay, only three three games a season over double-digit points. He's got either Joe Judge just being, being sneaky and withholding if it's going to be Jake Fromm or Mike Lennon under center, you know, we need that competitive edge with those two guys. Um, but I can't trust a wide receiver who's has one of those guys under center. And then Allen Robinson just, I mean, he's, in my opinion, the biggest bust um, in all of fantasy this year. Two games over 10 points, um, only one touchdown in the season. You just, you can't trust him. No, that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. Rocky, what about you? You on the same page? Oh yeah. Jay, Jay nailed it. Uh, Gabe Davis is is the easy call here of these four guys. Saw what he could do last week. Not that they play the same exact role, but Beasley is out. Um, so they're down a receiver. Uh, Sanders looks like he might be back, but uh, I think Gabe Davis is going to have a, a large role this week. And I, I I don't love any of the other ones, but, yeah, I would go with Crowder, too. It needs to, what they're playing Jacksonville, I think. Yep. Uh, yeah, because I mentioned James Robinson versus the Jets. Um, yeah, so it's it's not a bad matchup. And, and Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson have done nothing all year. And Crowder hasn't done much, but I'll take his four for 49 over what I might get from Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson. Yeah. He hasn't done much, but he's done more than those two guys. So that's yeah, not, I mean, not a hard bar to hurdle. Just yeah, you can't. You just can't trust Galladay. You can't trust Robinson. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So hopefully that uh, that question gets answered in time for that to make a difference. So uh, next one we got here from Dave at the prevalent one. What's the best way to handle non-playoff draft order? Is it max potential points, a doo-doo bowl, or overall head-to-head standings? Is it to tank or not to tank? I mean, like, what do we do with this? And I guess I, as a commissioner, I'm, I'm a commissioner. I know you guys are commissioners. Uh, 
Rocky, let's start with you. What's what's your way to handle the non-playoff draft order? Like, how do you handle that in your leagues? Oh, it's this is easy for. I am a strong proponent of potential points uh, for non-playoff draft order. I, I do it in all my leagues. Uh, I I think it's a good anti-tanking measure because there's no reason to not start your best lineup. Uh, so it, it helps with that. And, and I just think it also, I think it just gives the best overall view of a roster. And, and I know people will say, Oh, but uh, you know, this crappy guy goes off and it messes up my potential points. Well then, then get rid of that guy, sell him to somebody when he goes off, you know, if you don't want the points, get rid of him. Yeah, get rid of him for a fourth. If it means that much to you that he went off one week, but I think overall it gives the best view of, of who has the worst roster. It also helps prevent tanking. Uh, I don't get the downside to it. I know some people don't like it. And mainly that's the argument I hear is, oh, you know, this guy goes off and, and, and that's the reason that I'm not getting the, the 102 or something. But, but meanwhile, three other guys went off on some other guy's roster. And now he's got the 103. So uh, it, it's just, uh, it, to me, it's, it's easily the best way to do it. I, I, I hate actually toilet bowls, especially with the time when you get oh. rewarded a pick. I can't stand, I, you're devaluing everyone else, slightly devaluing everyone else's second by giving somebody the 113. I can't stand that. So I, well, I don't like that at all. You know what I really don't like? And, and this is where it gets frustrating because there isn't one answer. And I guess that's kind of the issue. But there are some where it's like a consolation bracket where the winners advance. And then sometimes it's a toilet bowl where the losers advance. And so, like, the you want to lose? And am I supposed to win them? I don't know. They're all just brackets to me. And in all honesty, like, I just don't care if I'm not in the playoffs. I really just, I I'm, I'm done. I'm out. That's fine. But this goes back to what we talked about before with like, that's why I think there should be no trade deadlines, right? Like in theory, if I'm out of it and there is no toilet bowl, there is no consolation, none of that. Like, let me at least trade with the guys that are at least keep me interested in the league that way. Um, but I mean, Rocky, unless you've got more to talk about, I mean, Jay, what was your idea? Like, how do you, how do you like to handle those non-playoff teams? So I completely agree. I think the fairest way, the best way to prevent tanking is max potential points. There's no argument there from me. Now, the only other idea I will say, if you want, you know, maybe some kid, somebody could say that's boring. You know, the other people want something to do during the playoffs, uh, a, um, a toilet bowl, a loser's bracket, whatever, but with a little bit of a twist. So Yes, we do this. My home league is an auction league. It's it's a keeper auction, so it's got some dynasty elements, but it's it's redraft. We like to keep the draft fresh and stuff, but we do what we call the scrote bowl, which is the loser's playoff, and the teams that don't make the playoffs all go in, and then if you lose, you move on, um, but we have a punishment. So if you could do where you have a toilet bowl with a punishment that is like this year we're doing – the Waffle House Challenge, whoever winds up uh, the Scrope Bowl champion has to stay in Waffle House for 24 hours, and every waffle they eat, they lose an hour. Um, but make it where it's something embarrassing. I don't like the whole monetary, you know, you have to pay an extra fee or something like that because sometimes it's just bad luck. Like, the, you know, it's definitely skill, but sometimes you just have bad luck in a season. It happens. You have a bunch of guys who get injured this year with COVID. There's so many different things. So – um, I, something that's, you know, slightly embarrassing, something that everybody will do that, you know, like, and it's to the point, honestly, in my home league, people are more worried about not being last place versus actually winning the championship. They don't want to, like yeah. so it, you, you do it where you have the reverse results of the toilet bowl and you have a punishment for whoever winds up in last place. So it's, you know, it's, you still, if somebody's willing to, to tank, 
and do the punishment just to get a better pick. There's I mean, only so much you yeah, can do, but it, it adds a little element of fun. Um, it's not necessarily quite as fair as potential points, but it's just it's another option. Yeah, I don't have a problem with a, a tulip bowl. Yeah, where you just you're playing to avoid a punishment or something like that. I just don't like basing draft order or we're giving picks off of it. You can I do definitely it for money, don't like do giving twenty five no, bucks no, or something I, I, like that yeah. just to make it. Yeah, I don't like well, so giving picks either. I'll put this down. Like if if there was a it, let's say I could tank and get a better pick and also get to eat all the waffles I wanted, I might do that. Like, that sounds amazing. Like, how is, how is that punishment? I mean, every time I hear about that, I'm like, man, I might do that tomorrow. One, one like, of the guys who, no. who was in ours yeah. this year, uh, that's the punishment for ours this year, he's got three kids. He's like, you know what? I might just lose just so I can go spend 24 hours in silence at Waffle House and not exactly. have to deal with my kids for 24 that hours. That part I like. I, I, have you ever tried eating 12 waffles, 20, oh, 14 waffles, uh, I'm sure Andrew? it would be hell. I'm sure it would be hell. <laughs> But I would just love to try it. You know what I mean? Like, I think I, back in, in college, I used to be able to do a lot more than I could now, right? As you get older, you learn these things. But oh yes. Uh, but I remember in college, we had like a, a pancake breakfast or something. I think I ate 13 pancakes in like five hours. And everybody's like, how are you still eating? I'm like, I honestly don't know. So I feel like maybe <laughs> I could channel that inner energy. But no, I, I love that idea. And I think uh, to kind of bring it back to Dynasty for a second, I think the, the question that I, I thought was interesting here was I like potential points. I know that there's some, like, like Rocky said, there's some ups and downs about that. But what we do in, in one of my leagues is the, the, the non-playoff teams is by standings at the end of the regular season. So like the standings are in the, on the, whatever they are, right. It's like there, there's, um, you know, head to head, there's tiebreakers and points and all this, and that's whatever your league sets up. But after that, for the playoff teams, what we do is the winner obviously gets the 12th pick, but the second through sixth picks are all based on, uh, most like points for, so like the head to head goes out the window, like your record goes out the window when you make the playoffs, because all too often that that last team in the playoffs ends up becoming, you know, could get really lucky and win it. So it's kind of like the champion is number one, two through five is based on total points of who is in the playoffs. And then after that, it's standings. And that's kind of to appease everybody in the league. So the answer I'm going with is whatever your league wants is probably the right answer. And so I always say, and I think sometimes commissioners get upset or worried about this, but ask your league, right? Pull the league. What do they want to do? Right. Because a group of guys over here might want something entirely different than a group of guys over here. And so, like, it just find out what they want. I think if everybody's got buy in, if everybody's got a, a vote and all this, like it could easily, easily be something you vote on. It could easily be something you bring up in the offseason to say, hey, how should we do this next year? You know, in these non point scoring months, that's something you can bring up. I think that's that's worth talking about. I like the idea of uh, potential points, but I like having a hybrid in some too, because it makes it kind of like, well, what are we playing for in this one? You know? Right. Yeah. I, I generally don't like doing straight standings um, just because there's so much luck in, in schedules and who you play when. Um, but uh, what I really hate is, uh, is doing lotteries. That's another thing I wanted oh, yeah. to mention. He, he didn't mention it in the question, but lotteries just screw the bad teams way more, way too much to me. Uh, and it, it, you know, I've seen way too many times where an awful team ends up with like the 104 because of a yeah. lottery, and it's it's ridiculous. So even if you do uh, like also, a weighted lottery, it's just it's not it, it doesn't yeah. pan out even well. Like, we're always, not the yeah. we're not the NBA. Come on. <laughs> and I just because we had a question in the chat from uh, from yep. Ridley Truther, uh, who's actually got our next question on the show sheet, I believe as well. Um, it's uh, do you guys see Amon Ross St. Brown being the real deal, Goff's Detroit version of Bobby Trees? I don't know about the Goff part because I don't know if Goff's going to be there after three <laughs> weeks from now. But, but but what do you guys think? 
Well, I'll, I'll start with this. I liked ARSB as I've shortened his name down every time because I just got <laughs> sick of it. But I like I like St. Brown a lot. I really do think that he's got some potential. I, I got him a lot in second and third rounds last season and and kind of held on to him through the rocky start. And, you know, everybody was kind of worried if he was going to be a guy and who knows what Goff's going to do. I don't know if I'm agreeing with you, Rocky. I don't know if he's really, you know, Bobby Trees worthy yet. I'm not really to put that title on him. Um, if Goff sticks around or if Goff gets better or if that team adds some other pieces that makes them better and, you know, ARSB can be the number one receiver. Sure. But I'm not sure he's a number one receiver. I don't I don't doubt the talent. I just don't know if he's got the body type to really be the number one alpha on a team. I think they're going to have to find somebody either in this draft or in the free agency, kind of like what the Giants did with Kenny Galladay, like going out and finding somebody. So I'm not sure exactly, but I don't mind holding on to ARSB for sure. I think he's somebody that right now is is hot. And there's no reason to sell him yet. I think it can only go up. But what do you think, Jay? Are you on that on the ARSB train? I'm similar to you. I, I like the talent. Um, I don't. I definitely don't think he is an alpha wide receiver. I want to see him do this with both DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson on the field. Uh, his production here recently has been volume based. Um, he's you know he's he's looked good. Um, but he's right now he's pretty much all they have. So I think in dynasty, I think the he's Josh Reynolds slander. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Or, or even what, Hawkinson man? slander. I mean, like Hawkinson's there, well, but Hawkinson, he's injured no, now. Hawkinson, but yeah. I'm just saying, like he's there. You know what I mean? He's not going well, away. No, next I think year. Jay's saying though he's he's ticked up since both Swift Correct. and Hawkinson. Right, Hawkins. right, right. Exactly. I want to see it with all of those guys on the field together, and him still be putting up these type of numbers. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, that's fair. Do it without necessarily the volume that he's been getting. Um, I think he can be in you know production wise similar to a Sterling Shepard when he gets healthy. You know, Sterling Shepard is not a, a alpha wide receiver, but he, he's put up solid wide receiver production from a fantasy perspective uh, because he plays that, you know, in the middle of the field, he gets it's in more, more so in PPR leagues. Um, so I think if they are able to get a number one wide receiver, like you said, um, I think he can be productive, not necessarily somebody who's going to, you know, win a league for you, but you know, you need those pieces that can put up solid numbers. For sure. Yeah. For I think sure. you, I'm, I, I, got nothing that. I think you guys pretty much summed it up there. He he's not a number one. I see him being when Detroit eventually gets a, uh, a more of a wide receiver one in there. He'll he'll probably in fantasy I think maybe be a low end two, high end three kind of guy at best. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with you too. Oh, he's a great flex play. He's somebody you hold on to and hope he rises in value, and you can trade for somebody who's dipped. That's you know usually how you look at that, or package together with someone else as the the next season opens. So, with that being Ridley Truther's question, let's get his second question, the one that he replied to the tweet uh, again at Ridley Truther at CWC Wood One. Uh, this is a great one, and I really am curious to hear uh, your your opinion more than anyone's on this one, Rocky, because it involves the Philly players. Um, <laughs> Has Goddard overtaken Waller in Dynasty? Also, what would be your ideal landing spot for Gallup? And then he says, Philly, cross fingers. Like, Please be Philly. And then A-Rob and Godwin, obviously. Like, we don't know where we're going with those guys either. So let's start with the first one. Has Goddard overtaken Waller in Dynasty for you, Rocky? I think he has. Uh, uh, we were talking about this on Trade Addicts this past week. I mean, Waller is clearly no longer in that elite tier, like we would, we would lump him with Kelsey and Kittle for these last couple of years. And he, even before the injury, he was, he was not performing that way. He was having, you know, some, uh, he was better than most tight ends, but he was kind of in that Goddard tier. Anyway, he was, he was, you know, giving you 16, some weeks, some weeks he'd only have like eight or nine points and, and he's only getting older. I think Goddard is, I, I don't ever see Goddard getting into that tier that we talked about while we're being in. Uh, but 
he he's basically at least as good as Waller right now, and you're getting a bunch of years on top of it. So I I think he has. He looks great, really, too. Since uh, uh ever since Ertz left, it, it's uh, it's funny around here. I mean, he's great after the catch. Around here, we would always joke about Zach. Zach Ertz basically catches the ball and falls down. And he's the exact opposite. He, he's they set up a lot of tight end screens for him for that very reason because he is so good running with the ball. So uh, yeah, I think he's going to score a lot of points, uh, e- even if they get a, another receiver or somebody, because they really do need somebody. It's basically just Smith and Goddard, and that's it. So um, even if that happens, I still think he's going to get a decent amount of production. So uh, yeah, I would put Goddard above Waller at this point. And I, I, I'm i a guy who's not – I'm generally p- more pessimistic on Eagles guys, and I haven't been as high on Goddard maybe. But uh, I, I just – the years, and I see equal production going forward. So I think it sounds like – maybe I'm misunderstanding you, but it sounds like you're more low on Waller than high on Goddard. Is that it? Is, it is, yeah. I, they're both – yeah, to me now they're both in that tier of guys that – that you like, you know, you feel comfortable starting them, but you're not expecting a difference maker week after week. And that's both of them. And I'll take the younger one. Makes sense. Jay, are you on that same page or you got a different opinion? It, it looks, it's like Rocky's looking at my notes because it's literally <laughs> pretty much everything exactly the way I was going to say it. It's more of Waller has taken a step back. Goddard's taken, you know, a step up with, with Ertz out of town. Um, you've got those extra three years. Can Waller, you know, get back to that elite production? Sure, but we don't know if Carr is going to be in Las Vegas next year. So we don't know who's going to be the quarterback under center. That could change. You know, Waller's always been, yeah, he's talented, but it's always been volume because Carr has just peppered him with targets. Um, so I think they're pretty much in the same tier of player. And give me the guy who's three years younger, like Rocky said. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to for me too. It's it's tier wise, right? That there, I don't know. I I don't know if I would say I would take Goddard over Waller. I'm not sure if he's leapfrogged Waller, but if you're telling me their value's the same, I'd probably rather have Waller in a straight up trade. I'm not sure that trade gets done, but I'd probably still rather have Waller, even though he's older. Tight ends last longer. He's obviously shown he can blow up like that. Goddard still got some some working out to do. And as we always joke about it, Rocky, is Hurts going to be there next year? Like all these <laughs> questions, right? Like there's a lot of question marks around Goddard too. They've got Smith. That offense kind of needs a big retool. You know, like they got rid of Hurts, but Goddard hasn't been dominant that much. I mean, he's had a couple of good weeks here and there, but I don't know. I just feel like they're, they're both in that question mark tier. So I agree with the logic, but if you're telling me, you know, gun to my head, which one would you rather have? It's probably still Waller for now. You know, what's um, funny. Which, I, I actually offered Russ Dynasty Outhouse trade in, in I think in one of the trade addicts leads of before this question came up uh of uh Waller for Goddard and I think I was actually looking for points so there is some more context to it but he he did not take it he, he's out of the playoffs so Waller is the only guy but uh, he I still think he has multiple years left and he you know preferred Goddard and I guess the youth over over Waller so I just thought that was interesting there was an exact I actually yeah. made an offer and it got turned down <laughs> Well, and I'm not saying, again, not in my league, right? Like, I'm not saying it goes like that everywhere, but I'm saying, you know, at the couple of places I've got Goddard, I might send an offer for Waller and see if the other, you know, if the other guy agrees with you. I don't think you're wrong by any stretch. I'm not saying I even I disagree. It's more like, man, I, I, I kind of lean Waller, but I get the logic. You know what I mean? Like, especially in some leagues, if you're, you know, if you're one year away from contending still, and I mean like 2023 before you're really ready to contend, Goddard makes total sense. Right. But if your team is like, you know, you've got Gronk and he might retire at any minute, you know what I mean? Like maybe it makes more sense to have, you know, somebody else that can be a little stronger, but even then is Waller stronger. So I thought that was a great question, at least for some discussion. I'm still technically, I would put like, 
Waller at six, Goddard at seven, something like that, where it's like they're right there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's getting really close. So let's get into a second question here then is what would be your ideally ideal landing spot? And I'll, I'll start with each of these one at a time. Uh, Jay, where do you think Gallup fits in best? Where would be his ideal landing spot for fantasy? Let's let's kind of keep it in that realm. I would like to see him in Kansas City. Um, you know, I think the the chief secondary wide receiver uh, compared a lot to the Green Bay situation that you don't want to touch whoever the second wide receiver in Kansas City is, whether it's, um, you know, some weeks Pringle steps up, some weeks it's Hardman. Uh, you never know because it's, you know, it everything goes through Kelsey and everything goes through Hill. Well, you know, the offenses look better as of late, but uh, teams have been able to slow down this offense. I would think that if you get a guy like Gallup, uh, Harbin's fine, Pringle's fine, but none of these guys are, you know, the talent level that Gallup is. I could see him putting up some some really solid numbers um, from a fantasy perspective in Kansas City. Oh, I like that. Yeah, he, Gallup's a, the prime number two receiver, and Kansas City's been missing that, right? They've been yep. looking for it. Uh, they, they took Hardman to replace Tyreek when that was, right. you know, question right. marks and all that, but it never really panned out. And I don't think Hardman's a real solid number two, so that's a good fit. Rocky, what do you think about it? Is, is uh, Philly a good landing spot for Gallup? Do you think that makes sense, given the way that team's going and, and your love of Goddard, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't hate it, but that, that wasn't my first thought. I actually, I'm actually going to put one of these other guys in Philly, though, but... Uh, uh, the guy, I, the place I had for Gallup was, uh, is kind of a similar thought I think sort of to Jay's was to put him in LA with the chargers, um, mm. you know, across from Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams is probably leaving. I'm thinking at this point. And, uh, you know, he's going to be tied to Herbert. He, he can get, you know, you got Keenan doing all the possession work, doing that and wreath work along with Eckler. You can send Gallup deep. Uh, I, I kind of like that fit for him. And he doesn't have to be, you know, I don't think Gallup's a number one, you know, anywhere. No. So the, that, that fits perfectly into into that situation. Well, and, and I'll piggyback on this. I think we're all on the same page. He's, he's a great number two. Nobody's putting him as a number one. But I'd like to see him go to Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers stays. I feel like if Aaron Rodgers stays there, you got Devontae Adams on one side and Gallup on the other or in the slot. I feel like Gallup could really do do well with a stud number one receiver like he's had in Dallas and not have a lot of attention on him. So I, I'm kind of on the same page as I think we all are. Um, I, I think Gallup's probably, and this is going to sound weird, Gallup's probably what my favorite guy to see where he goes of these three um a rob i love alan robinson and i love godwin and we'll get into him in a second but alan robinson what an enigma right he was a qb proof no no matter what he was always dominant and they get a good quarterback and nothing (laughs) like it just fell off so rocky where do you think alan robinson goes does he stay in chicago where would you like to see he's not staying in chicago i can guarantee you that (laughs) mentally Um, he left chicago at the beginning of the season Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I would uh, – Robinson is the guy I, I would like to see end up in Philly, actually. Uh, we need another receiver. Uh, it might not – I don't know if it's the best spot for his uh, fantasy value, but uh, I think it would make some sense. They need somebody else. Uh, you can maybe take Devontae – I mean, this doesn't help for him for fantasy, but he could take Devontae Smith under his wing. They kind of need a veteran wide receiver here. Another guy that hurts, uh, and I do think it will be hurts uh, next year, Andrew. Uh, he had probably his best game of the season this past week, just sort of solidifying that. And uh, another guy he can depend on, because I think that's if, – if you watch Eagles games, it's basically almost everything is to Goddard, uh, Smith, or running back, So because he can't depend on anybody else. So I don't know that 
Allen Robinson's value is going to go up super high, or even his production is going to go up. Uh, it's going to go, I think, up from this year, but going to go up back to previous levels. So I, I think it's, it would be a good spot for him. They've actually been a pretty good offense. I, I, I think that the I think that would that would not be a bad spot for fantasy, but I, I think especially for real life. I like that. I like that. Jay, are you on the same page? Or you got a different team in mind. I have a different team, but a similar situation um, with Rocky's former quarterback. I think I can see him fitting in Indianapolis with uh, the Colts. You know, T.Y. Hilton just isn't what he used to be, just can't stay healthy. Um, similar to taking Devonta Smith under his wing, I could see him taking Michael Pittman under his wing. They could use another wide receiver on the opposite side of him. Um, I just I could see it, it being a team that he would go to because Indianapolis is good. Um, I think Wentz has done a really good job there. They've got a great defense. They've got one of the best running backs in the league. Great young receiver. I think that, you know, with a guy like Allen Robinson, they could really make a, a deep playoff run. Well, I like yeah, that I like a lot. That. Yeah, I like that a lot. Mine is uh, similar but different, and this is going to sound a little strange. I kind of – and this is maybe the biggest one of the of the three. I think some strange way Russell Wilson finds his way into the New York Giants <laughs> offense – and Allen Robinson goes with him. And Jay, I know G-Man is in your handle. I'm guessing you're a Giants fan. Yes, yeah. What would you think about yeah. a Russell Wilson, Allen Robinson combo getting rid of the Galladay, Daniel, uh, I'm blanking on I his name. It doesn't even Daniel matter Jones? what his name is. It, it Johnson, doesn't. Jackson, you don't, you don't even have to look at his I think Galladay is going to be there, though. Because well, and, and yeah, that's, we're going to get into Galladay <laughs> in a second. But, and, but what do you think about that? If Galladay and Jones both leave and you get Russell Wilson and Allen Robinson, how happy would that make you? Well, if Daniel Jones leaves, I'll be very happy like that. You can start there. Um, and I'm a, I'm a Duke fan too. He played for Duke in football. Yep. Um, I've got this weird feeling that Russell Wilson is going to wind up with the Giants too. And it's not me. I think Rocky knows me well enough that I'm not, you know, a over the top, you know, Homer when it comes to my takes and stuff like that. I just, I've, he's, it's rumored that he's want to be there before. I think he wants to be in the New York market. I, well, I like it, yes, but I don't feel like we're close enough to compete for a Super Bowl that it makes sense long term for the team. Um, the defense really took a step back this year. You know, two years ago we were a top ten defense. Um, I'm I'm worried about Barkley ever getting back to where he uh, looked. You know, it was his first two years. I think these injuries are really starting to to pile up and and take away some of his explosiveness. Uh, granted, you know, I think. This next season is really going to be a big one for Barkley if he's able to, you know, I don't think he's healthy right now. He doesn't look it. He does not. Booker looks better than him. He looks more explosive than Barkley. Um, now, Makes me sad. I know. Yeah. It really does. Because, <laughs> he man, he doesn't deserve it. Um, but all things considered, just, just would I be much happier seeing Russell Wilson and Allen Robinson versus Kenny Galladay and Daniel Jones? Absolutely. Do I think I mean, it's the it best? Would be a it would be a blockbuster. Like it would be huge. Like right. that would be a monstrous thing. I, I don't, again, that's a 2% chance of happening. I mean, right, I'm putting right. a lot of it out in the world, <laughs> right. but I've kind of come around recently to, to Russell Wilson, to the giants too. I just feel like that, that kind of fits given his mentality. I think that team needs to do something strange. And in, in this last year or two of Gettleman, because if they don't, well, hopefully he might not I be pray there. Gettleman well, is gone. I and I'm just Sierra saying wants to be in New York too. What's well, that? Point. <laughs> Maybe Sierra Yara. wants to be yeah. in New York. Yeah. yeah. 
You are. But, Sorry. But no, that's fine. Just like, but that's that's kind of where my head at went with Alan Robinson. I mean, that would be ideal. That would be crazy. Like that would be oh my god. Now, ideal is different than realistic to me. So in my head, like ideal is like that'd be crazy awesome. But yeah, uh, let's get into the third one because I think there's a lot of meat left on this bone too. Is is Godwin? Uh, Rocky, where do you think Godwin makes the most sense? Where would you like to see him go? I'm going to be probably kind of cheating here because I think Godwin makes the most sense going back to Tampa Bay. Oh, that was my answer. <laughs> that too was my initial answer. So I, I just yes. put something else down, but that was my initial answer too. So yeah, just because of the injury, it gives him a chance to to rehab his, his value going into free agency. I, I think the best thing for him to do is sign a one-year contract. I think Brady's back almost i think even if they win the super bowl he's probably back but i agree yeah i think he wants to play at least one more year so uh he you know he gets to play with brady another year brady you know loves peppering he was getting tons of receptions with brady especially once brown was out and who knows if brown will be back next year or not maybe he will but uh even when brown was there it's not like godwin was bad so uh i think he can kind of do it you know do his best uh, work rehabbing his value, take a one-year deal and, uh, and then get back on the market and, uh, and, and, and make the big money then. So I, I, I'll jump on this real quick and just say, I, I had the same answer because I think that it makes the most sense and I'd like to see it the most. I think Godwin did really well with, with Brady. I think there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of love from the team and everything like that. I just feel like, Again, it is kind of cheating. I love it. But at the same time, I'm right there with you, Rocky. I think that that makes the most sense for the long term. Jay, you said you had that, but you had a different answer. I've got a backup, too. I'm curious if your second answer is my backup. So I'm just, you know, tossing it so, to you. What do you think? So my second one, it's, it's a, actually a division rival. I could see him go into the Washington football team. Uh, Terry Ooh. McLaurin needs, uh, you know, he's he's immensely talented, but he's got to have somebody else. I thought Curtis Samuel was going to be that guy. Um, he has not been granted, you know, they've had to Taylor Heineke under center, um, Garrett Gilbert this week. Um, I think they wind up, I think Washington is going to make some big moves this off season. They've got, you know, their front seven is phenomenal, especially, especially their front four. Um, the defense, I think is you put just a, a decently productive offense on that team and they could win a Super Bowl. It reminds me a lot of the, um, the Giants teams that won in the the mid two thousands, you know, those offenses weren't phenomenal, but the defense was, and the offense was just good enough. So, you know, they've been rumored to be in on, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, do they draft a quarterback? You know, Fitzpatrick. You know, maybe he comes back. Um, you put a, a solid quarterback. You have Terry McLaurin. You have Chris Godwin, uh, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson in the backfield. That's that's a pretty solid offense. Yeah, no, that's got some firepower. That's got some of those, uh, the, the kind of the feel of, oh, that's like a super team almost. I mean, that's right. coming together. You got Gibson, obviously, can be, you know, pass catches or catch passes and all that. You got McKissick still, probably still there. I think he signs one more. You got Ricky Seals Jones. I mean, that team yeah. is, I would almost say they're one or two pieces away, and Godwin's a good piece. So I, I don't yeah. mind that. I was surprised that I didn't have that team, actually, because that makes a lot of sense. But mine actually goes into our next question a little bit. But I think that Godwin would be an interesting fit in New Orleans in the Tampa Bay's division. Uh, I think New Orleans is is kind of a team in a tailspin right now. I think that they don't know where they're going to go. They don't know what they're going to be. They don't know who's going to be in charge. They don't have a clue what's going on. And I think that Godwin is the kind of player that can come in and settle a team down. He's got enough uh, cachet at this point. He's, he's played enough. He's done enough. Sure, he's been injured and he's getting older and all this. But I think he could go in there and settle that team down. And our next question, and this is kind of why I wanted to get into this, comes from Edmund Dantes. 
at Edmund D four three three two four zero five five. Thanks for the question, Edmund. But his question is, what are we doing with Michael Thomas? And this is kind of what I'm getting into. Like, if Godwin goes to New Orleans, what are we doing with Michael Thomas? Well, in general, what are we doing with Michael Thomas? Right. So we don't have to use this as a like. If Godwin goes there, let's play it all out. I'm just saying, in general, that team needs some help. And I think if Godwin goes there, that helps. Thomas comes back, that helps. Does he come back? Uh, I guess Jay will bounce it back to you. I mean, in general, in Dynasty, what are you doing with with Michael Thomas right now? Like, what, is he someone you're buying? Is he selling? What are you thinking about this? I think you have to hold, um, and I'd say more of a buy than a sell. Um, the only conditions that I would sell Michael Thomas, and I don't think you're going to get it, if you could get solid wide receiver two value for him. And and I don't think anybody right now with all the question marks um, is going to give that up. So I think you're better off. He's still got the talent. He's still young. Um, whether he winds up in New Orleans with uh, Jameis Winston or, you know, I honestly, I think he's played his last down as a Saint. I think he winds up somewhere else. I think, I think so there's, too. there's too much bad blood there, um, but he's immensely talented. I think for what you're going to get for him now, you cannot trade him away. You're, you're basically going to get peanuts and it was granted it was two years ago, but he was the wide receiver one overall. And I don't think he's ever going to be that, but I definitely think he can still be a top 12 wide receiver in this league for fantasy purposes. Um, so for me, he's a, a buy low or a hold. I completely agree. And I think the, the thing we talk about a lot on this show, and I'm, I'm sure everybody talks about this, is that with running backs, opportunity matters more. With receivers, talent matters more. And again, I'm oversimplifying, um, but opportunity still matters. And if he hasn't, if he's not on the field, if he doesn't have availability, it doesn't matter what his talent and level of playability is. You know, like you got to still be able to play. And I just, I, I, I worry about his mentality too, because he's gone through what I would consider one of the weirdest off seasons where he, you know, he did, he didn't get the surgery or he did, we don't know. And then, oh, he didn't so now he's out again and it was like oh man talk about frustrating so for me i'm right there with you though i think he's a hold slash buy he's somebody that i might you know i'm not going to send a bunch of lowball offers and start upsetting people in my leagues but he's one of those people i might start you know opening a dm and just be like hey man what are you looking for for michael thomas kind of testing the waters if they come back and say something like oh it's got to be a late first i'm out right like that's too rich that's fine i don't blame you but if they come back and say oh i see you've got curtis samuel give me curtis samuel in a third or curtis samuel in a second i might be like all right, I'm in on that. You know what I mean? Like that's yep, a pivot absolutely. for you and it's a pivot for me. It gives you some youth and all this. Like, I'm not against that, right? So like it could be, he, like you said it too, though. He could be a top 12 receiver. He could be never playing again, right? It's yeah. sort of like like Calvin Ridley in a way, right? Just speaking of yeah. Ridley, Ridley truther. I mean, there's a whole bunch of these guys now we're seeing. And again, I feel like it always comes back to that old adage we say in Dynasty is that receivers hold value better in, until they don't. You know what I mean? Like this is one of those weird cases where the number one receiver is off a cliff and is, you know, what wide receiver 30 or something now, but yeah. Rocky, what are your thoughts on Michael Thomas? Are you, what are you doing with him? Do you have him anywhere? Uh, I have him. I think I only have him one or two leagues uh, crazily enough with my 30 plus leagues. Um, and I'm a little different from you guys. I mean, he's a, I agree. He's a hold cause you can't, you can't get anything for him right now, but for me, he's more of a hold slash sell. I, I'm trying to move him the first value bump I can get. I don't think he's going to play for the Saints again. So my hope is he goes to a new team. People get a little excited about it, and then I can sell him. I kind of, I'm basically kind of out on him. His value is never going to go up at this point. He's what 28, 29, um, coming off two injured years. Um, I mean, not considerably up. So I think the value bump he gets from going up to a new team is is maybe the peak value he gets. And I don't, I'm not buying that the production is going to be there the way, definitely not the way it was before, but I, I don't even know if we're going to get like 
70 percent of what he was before it could be half of what he was before so I, i'm just not buying it so uh, I'd be looking to sell as soon as I can. It, it, maybe if maybe that's not until he starts scoring points at the beginning of next year. But like I said, if, if people are maybe paying like late first value because he goes to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers or something, uh, I'd be willing to sell. Yeah, and I think you're, you're hitting on something there. Like I'm not selling for peanuts, but if the value is right, it makes sense. But what is the thing we right. always talk about in the show? Timing is everything. Yep. Now is not the time to sell Michael Thomas. Right. And actually, the, the time to sell Michael Thomas might have been before the season when there was some speculation, maybe week five when we thought he was coming back week seven. But as soon as he was out for the year, you can't you just can't sell him. You can't, There's no reason. There's no benefit to doing that. Um, honestly, honestly, it doesn't even take him playing again to see the value go up, though. His value could bump from a blurb. His value could bump from a free agency mm. signing. Right. His value could bump from the team signing Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Like it could be a, a couple of things could happen to make his value go up in the offseason. So I don't want to make it sound like his value will never go up, although you're probably right. It's never going back to wide receiver one. I don't think that's even a question. That's for sure. But I think he still has top 12 receiver potential and maybe not top 12 dynasty receiver, but top 12 production receiver. And I think that that's worth something. And I think if you hold on to him now and, and weather the storm, you might be rewarded. You might not. But again, if you paid a high price for him and held on to him for three years and, and you know, rode that wave, you got some good years out of him. So you really can't yeah. be, you know, all the way upset about it. And that, that production thing is where I differ. I, I just don't think he has top 12 wide receivers. I, I don't sure. think he's going to. I think he's he's like the best comparison I can think of is like latter day OBJ. Like on the Rams here, he's got some value again, production wise um, that maybe he didn't have in Cleveland. But it's still not wide receiver one. Well, so. He's like Antonio Brown to me. He's one of those guys that's like stud potential and then fell off and went to a different team and is wide receiver three. That's probably what he's likely going to be in, in all honesty. But I think he's got the talent. Like Antonio Brown, I think, still has the talent, except for he froze his feet. So the poor guy can't run well. <laughs> but I mean, like he's he's got that kind of level of talent. OBJ, I always kind of wonder, was he just a one-handed monster? Like, was he just that one catch wonder? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I wasn't, a, and I, I'm not going to get down the rabbit hole with you, Jay. I'm sure. Hey, no, right. hey. I, I but, am and I'm not, but it's funny you get you mentioned OBJ because you know when we were taught you mentioned earlier about you know oh wide receivers hold their value in dynasty a lot longer. Well, I remember it wasn't too long ago when OBJ was the 101 overall in dynasty yep. leagues, um, yep. and he fell off pretty quick too. I feel like. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, you know that doesn't hold. You know, it's true until it's not, like you guys were saying. So um, yeah, I'm with you. And I too, you know, when, when he was with the Giants those first few years, I'm like, wow, is this guy really a Hall of Famer? And then <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, may, maybe not. Maybe not. All <laughs> right. Well, we'll get into our last listener question before we get to find me a trade. Uh, this one, I think, was a it was another good kind of deep question, and it may not have an easy answer. I don't have specifics for it. I've got a couple guys I want to talk about, but this is from Ryan at RyanPros underscore FF. Which player do you think is going to increase their 2022 ADP the most in these final two weeks? So this is not necessarily saying which player is going to be the strongest between now and next year, which again, there is a lot of, there a lot of players could increase their value, but he's saying specifically in these final two weeks, I took this question to be like, who should we be looking at in these last two weeks that maybe has the biggest Delta in their value left? Um, and, and Rocky, I guess I'll start with you. Do you have anybody specific that came to mind for this question that you think in these last two weeks of the regular season or the fantasy season has a chance to really do a number on their ADP in a positive way for next year? Yeah, I did. I did come up with, although I think the best answer might be nobody because I'm not sure how much anyone's going to change over two weeks. Um, but the guy I came up with was uh, Christian Kirk 
uh, with uh, with Hopkins out. He, we saw him go nine for 94 in a touchdown last week. Uh, he's got the Colts and the Cowboys coming up. Neither one is neither one's a bad defense, but they're not someone you're scared of. I, I definitely think he could produce in both of those matchups. Uh, I, I kind of especially like the Cardinals offense this coming week after Kyler kind of crapped the bed against the Lions of all teams. Um, so, uh, and also kind of tying into the question, I mean, it, it's kind of extending beyond two weeks in a way, but he's also going to be a free agent in the off season. So, uh, that, that could also help his ADP rise even further. So, so he was the guy that came to mind for me. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. What about you, Jay? I'm going to go with Justin Fields, um, for a couple of different Ooh. reasons. Um, you know, he's had an up and down season, but he started to play better as of late and, um, they're definitely trying to get his confidence up. You can see with that last meaningless drive that may have cost some people <laughs> some championships <laughs> on Monday night where there was, you know, they weren't going to win the game, but they were basically playing like they were trying to win the game on the last Hail Mary play. They got him a touchdown with literally one second left on the clock. So I think they're going to do everything in their power to make him comfortable, to give him confidence. Um, and the two matchups are, I think it's similar. They're not, you know, cakewalk matchups. He plays the Seahawks and the Giants who haven't given up a ton to quarterbacks, but they're not defenses that you're afraid of either. Um, so I, I think that with Chicago wanting to get him more comfortable with, with solid matchups, I could see Justin Fields showing some flashes of why there were so many people that were so high on him coming into the season, um, especially with, you know, Matt Nagy. A lot of people don't think he's going to be back. I, I don't think he's going to be back either. Um, if they are able to get somebody to replace Allen Robinson, um, I could see Justin Fields closing out the the season strong. I like that one. And that's kind of similar to my answer, really, which, which is the one that popped in my mind the most was Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence has had a really rocky year. I think they're, they're you know, it's been all over the place. And obviously a lot of that is Urban Meyer related. And now that Urban Meyer is gone, obviously the stink of that is going to take some time to fall, fall away. Uh, but I think that the, the Jags aren't necessarily giving up, right? Darren Bevel, I think, Daryl Bevel, I think, is their coach heading now and heading into the end of the season. Uh, they got the Jets this week, like we talked about earlier. I mean, like, that's a pretty good matchup. I think he could do well. He's, he closes out the season with the Patriots and the Colts, which are very, very stout defenses. But I think these last couple of weeks, we're going to see what what Trevor Lawrence's life is like without Urban. And I think, especially against the Jets, I think he could have a good game and boost his value a little bit back to where it was. Um, which I think Trevor might be one of those guys that I, I'm not calling him a bust, not quite like a Zach Wilson type. I know not, Rocky's not a huge fan of Wilson either, but Wilson hasn't exactly been great. And I, I don't think he's going to be great, but I think Lawrence is going to be great. And I think that we haven't quite seen all of his potential. And so I think these last couple of weeks, as, as more and more people start to realize, oh, maybe that was urban or maybe that was the play calling or maybe that was behind the scenes drama and off Maybe there's some other stuff that cobwebs will clear. And finally, Trevor Lawrence will be the, you know, the Andrew Luck that we've all been expecting, right? Like the kind of guy that comes out and actually does dominate. So I think if you're just specifically looking over these last couple of weeks of where football on the field matters, I think Trevor Lawrence has a good chance to do that. There are literally dozens of players that are going to have their value go up and it's impossible to predict who it's going to be. Um, but if you're just specifically talking about play on the field, I think Trevor Lawrence has a good chance. I think I like fields too. I think that's a good pick. Uh, yep. Same kind of reason. Like you're going to have some of these guys that just start to show a little bit as they go into the next season. So I like I, that. So go ahead. I'm just going to say, I hope you're right, Andrew, cause I'm my belief belief in Lawrence is getting a little shaken. I mean, he didn't really produce after against the Texans. 
without Urban, which was I was. It was the first at... game. It was fired midweek. I mean, like I'm willing to give him a week, but the Jets—that's a get-right game, my friend. Come on. That's true. He's got he's got one touchdown in the last seven games, which is nuts. And he's got one, two, three, four, five, five single-digit games in the last seven games. So his value can't go down much from here. It's kind of the other argument, right? Like he's almost yeah. at the four. It's just worse. a guy <laughs> that's supposed be to be this good could be. The, and I thought he was this good. Again, I watched Trevor Lawrence as well as you know Zach Wilson and all the other guys, and I, I just can't i blamed it on urban i hope you're right i hope it was as a first game and they're figuring things out but <laughs> i'm a I'm, little I'm, shaken yeah i'm crossing my fingers so it's like i said like oh boy like that's why i'm, I'm maybe i hope it's so for question. the love of my life lavisca chanel maybe he can oh. a little bit. <laughs> yes Come jake on, is, is the definition of visca truther <laughs> let's go visca all right well i appreciate all those questions everybody really that was a, a lot of good discussion there we got through a whole hour of those i mean we could talk for hours on dynasty that's what i love about this show um but we are going to head into our, our second and final segment of the night which is a find me a trade um, we got a trade this week submitted by a, uh, a fan of the show uh, named Scott uh, Sidlow. Am I saying that right? Uh, no, uh, Scott, yeah, the third yeah. host. He's a big fan of ours. I, I hear, yeah, the I hear third he host all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's a good guy. He decided to help us out. And, and in these last le- these last weeks, what we try to do too is focus more on on leagues that can have trades. Um, there's a lot of leagues out there that you know have trade deadlines, and there's a whole bunch of ins and outs, and it just gets kind of messy trying to put together a trade for someone when they can't even make a trade. Um, so we got this one from Scott, our buddy Scott, uh, which I think is perfectly named Lord Chicken McDicken, which is a terrific <laughs> team name. It's amazing. Um, it is. I'll pull it up here on the screen. And uh, Rocky, if you want to describe the uh, settings and everything and go through his take, then I'll go through his team on the screen. Okay. it's uh, Yeah, it's a 12-team PPR league. Uh, 1.75 tight end premium, so pretty hefty premium. Uh, there are some uh, long uh, TD bonuses. Uh, it's a start 10, uh, QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, two flex, uh, and then the super flex spot. Um, and I don't know the size, the full size of the roster, but they're pretty big rosters. And it is, he said, um, in the ship last year, had Kamara's six TDs and lost. Legendary, I know. <laughs> this year, bunch of question marks. I don't know what the F happened. Um, so uh, I guess he's trying to see I feel that same way in a lot of leagues, so I yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened either, but I, I just I wanted to bring this up. This is his team. He's actually I think he's got a really good team, and I totally get his question marks here. But his quarterbacks, he's got Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff. I mean, there's four solid starters in my book. That's that's not bad in a super flex league. I'm happy with that. He's also got Nick Mullins, Trace McSorley. Who cares? Uh, his running backs, he's got Alvin Kamara, as you mentioned. Uh, Devin Singletary, he's got A.J. Dillon, which I think has got a lot of future potential. Latavius Murray, Tony Pollard, a lot of future potential. Jamal Williams, pretty solid at running back. A couple other guys there. Uh, Receiver... Uh, receiver might be his weakest position. He's got your boy Visca, of course, but he's got Deontay Johnson, Tyreek Hill, Gabriel Davis, Preston Williams. I mean, it, it gets real, real low after that. So, I mean, he's he's got a couple starters and then not much depth. Uh, 
He does have Calvin Ridley on IR, so that obviously hurt him. Uh, tight end, he's got Jared Cook, uh, Will Disley, Jonu Smith, a couple other guys. So, And then Taxi, I think the only, there's only a couple of people really worth mentioning, but Tyler Huntley, who's come on late, Ian Book, who's about to get a start, uh, Darrington Evans, who could be something next year, who knows, uh, Joshua Kelly maybe has some some value to him. So a couple guys on, on Taxi that could be something. But the point of this whole thing was, obviously, he's he's got some, he's close. He's, he's really, really close. He's one of those teams that you see every year and you're like, how did you not make the playoffs? How did this not happen? Um, so again, he is out of the playoffs for, you know, for this season. And it's kind of like, what do I do? Like, what, what the hell am I supposed to do with this now? Um, I'll do my trade first, just because I think it's the smallest of the three. Um, but obviously if trades are still open, you're going to be able to maybe make a move to one of those playoff teams to help bolster their lineup through the last little push here. And my trade was to, to send Big Ben to the empire for Sam Darnold or Zach Ertz. And the logic here, of course, Big Ben has very little value. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Who knows what his next season is going to be? He might retire. His arm might fall off, but he's scoring points. And if you're in the title game, points matter a lot, right? If you're looking at the lineup this week and you're like, man, I really, I don't, I don't have anybody. And I remember looking at, uh, I'll, I'll pull up his roster real quick. The, uh, the empire, because I remember thinking he didn't have a lot of options. He was actually pretty lean at red quarterback. He his really his only starter is Dak Prescott, you know, and after that, he, Taylor Heineke, who is okay, Mike Glennon, PJ Walker, I'm like, he's really shallow, right? And he's got Darnold on IR, he's got Fitzpatrick on IR. So what were you gonna say there, Rocky? Uh, No, I was just saying, yep, about the quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, so he, I feel like he could use a little quarterback bump. And obviously, Darnold isn't great. You know, you're not asking for the world here. You know, but Darnold's younger. He could obviously could stay on Carolina, could go somewhere else. I think that the, obviously that's not a bad plan in my book to kind of bolster your running or sorry, your quarterback group heading into next year. And maybe you ship one of those other guys off for a receiver or something around pick time, or, you know, draft pick time. The other thing with Zach Ertz, I just feel like, man, this guy's got Zach Ertz, his number one tight end. So he might not want to give him up. But I think Zach Ertz has got a long future in Arizona. I just think that the Cardinals need somebody like him uh, i think he fits really well with that offense kyler loves that guy and i think that there is some value there for the future so i guess maybe you know rocky what do you think about this am i on if i am am i on base here do you think scott would do something like this uh i think you're on base in terms of the kind of trade because i think we all kind of mentioned i i had a, a bigger trade in mind but all three of us mentioned the idea of moving a quarterback um yep. to, to to somebody because because of uh having Ben and Huntley and guys that might have some value, but aren't really going to have much value for him. Um, I don't think you could probably get the Ertz one done because that's basically that guy's best tight end and he's in the yep. playoffs. Um, so I, I don't think you can get that one done, but uh, I don't, I don't mind the Darnold, be, <clears throat> excuse me, because, because uh, yeah, I think Ben's, I, I don't know that Ben's ever playing another game after 2021. Mm. So, uh, I'm, we don't know Darnold is either. I, right, but, too. but yeah. there's a better exactly. chance that Darnold, I think, plays another game than that, or becomes a Belly's battles for a starting job somewhere than I think that Big Ben does. So uh, I don't mind Darnold. I just, uh, yeah, I just think the Earth one would be tough. And you can get anything for Ben. Uh, I think you're doing well for a guy that, again, may not play. You, you know, you may not get any fantasy value from him after two weeks from now. But that's my logic is now is the time to move him, right? Get this for whatever you can send him somewhere. And I agree that guy, I would rather start Ben than Heineke this week. So, and well, he does not have a third quarterback. So, right. And so even if you're looking at it, it's super flex, you don't have to start another quarterback, right? Well, he's also got Christian McCaffrey who's on IR, right? He's got, uh, like I said, Fitzpatrick, he's got Carson, he's got Kenyon Drake. Like he's had a lot of injuries this year. Like this guy's in the title hunt. He's able to go for this. I, I don't know. I feel like Roethlisberger is better than some of those other, 
wide receiver five type guys, you know, Jay, what do you think about that one? And then go into your trade if you would there too. Yeah, I like it. I think it makes complete sense. Like, like you guys have said, if you can get a half eaten ham sandwich for big Ben at this point, <laughs> you got to take it because you know, he's probably playing his last couple of games. Um, I think it makes sense. It, it, and I'm, I'm with Rocky. I think it would be if you can get Ertz, do it, but I don't think you can. I think, I think the, the Darnold for Ben makes a lot of sense because it gives him, you know, a starting quarterback and, you know, giving up Darnold, you're not giving up much, but at least you're getting something, something that could potentially turn into some value. So I think it's, it's a, a solid deal. Trade. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, yours yep. was and, a little bit bigger. I liked yours. It had a little bit more meat on the bone. What were you thinking? Yeah, yeah it's a, a similar uh, situation, but going with uh, Red Beard Racer, what's funny to me is the teams in a Superflex League, three out of the four teams that are still left in the playoffs don't have two startable quarterbacks, which yeah. is very interesting to see. Because uh, mm, Maybe you don't need to get elite quarterbacks in Superflex. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Yep. <laughs> funny you say that. Um <laughs> What uh, what I went with is uh, let Redbeard Racer pick two out of Goff, Huntley, and Ben, Big Ben, um, whatever two quarterbacks he wants out there, because all three of those guys are pretty much, you know, Goff's younger. I do think Goff will still be a starter somewhere uh, in the near future. Huntley, I think, is going to stick it. You know, I think he's a free agent, but I don't see Baltimore letting him go anywhere uh, because he's done so well at, as, a, as he stepped in for Lamar Jackson. Um, but he's out of these three guys, he's got the highest upside for this week. So if you're looking to play for, you know, making this type of move, you're trying to win now. So Huntley might be the guy. Um, Golf has a question mark with COVID. Ben, you really don't know what he is at this point. So that's why I said, let, let Redbeard pick of those three. <laughs> <laughs> let, uh, let of those three pick whatever two quarterbacks you want. Plus uh, throw in Devin Singletary, somebody who's really turned it on as of late. Um, you know, it's a, a startable piece is, um, running backs are okay. Uh, it's got some solid ones, Zeke. Um, but he did lose Fournette. um, has David Montgomery, but other than that, not really many startable pieces and receive Robert Woods. Um, you know, Robert Woods obviously isn't going to help this team win the championship this year. Um, and I also don't, I think that Scott's team isn't, like you said, isn't somebody that is in a full rebuild. It's just missing some pieces. And one of the biggest issues with this team is the wide receiver depth. Um, Robert Woods is, it's not like, I think Redbeard would be willing to give him up because he's not like he's giving up somebody, you know, a 25 year old stud wide receiver. Woods definitely has some productive years left, but you know, he's more of the, the solid wide receiver two type. Um, coming off injury up there in age that if you're willing to, you know, if you're really going for it this season, you've got to give up some value in order to make that championship push. So I think it's a deal that like Rocky, you said, I think it's easily Robert Woods is the best player in this deal, but sometimes you have to be ta- willing to take a little bit of a loss on a trade uh, in order to win a championship. I completely agree. Yeah. And I think that that's the kind of trade to two quarterbacks and a running back for an injured receiver, just on the face of it, it's almost like, well, of course I'll send you that injured receiver. Like this helps me immensely. So you're right. Like that's a production versus trade value kind of discussion perfectly. So Rocky, do you have any thoughts on that one before you dive into yours? But I love that trade. I, I'm, I'm high on Robert Woods. So I think that was terrific. Yeah. I agree with uh, Jay on the concept of it, that, that I, I'm not worried about giving up two of those guys um, or Singletary. I just, Wood scares me a little bit is the only thing is I'm just not sure if he's, you know, at 30, will he get fully back? But, but I really like the I idea. Think he's only 28. Sure. If I look, I at think it he's right, 29 right. this year. Okay. He'll be 20. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, take a look. I looked yeah. at a couple ages, so I, I could easily be wrong too. 
but but yeah, so I mean, but he easily could be back as well. I'm not sure what how you are tied right. in, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure how tied the Rams are to him either. So his situation could change. I know they did extend him a year or two ago, so I don't know if they can get out from that yet or not. But but uh, but yeah, I love the concept of the trade. Uh, and like I said, all three of us mentioned the idea of moving. You know, some of these quarterbacks he has because he's got quarterbacks that clearly have no value after this year. I I said something similar as well. Maybe I shot too high. I was talking about moving Huntley to the Empire. I just I put on the sheet for whatever he can get. Uh, and I mentioned the possibility of Boyd or Gallup. That may be shooting too high. Maybe, yeah. maybe not Boyd. I, I don't. I think people. I was gonna say I could Boyd. see Boyd Gallup, yeah. especially Gallup's with what we were talking about high. moving somewhere yeah. else. It, it depends, you know. If if you know if Huntley's I was thinking Huntley, come, yeah, and Huntley coming off of last week, it looks like Lamar is going to be out again. This Huntley had like thirty points, and you know, uh, uh, he was in, wasn't he the QB one last week? Yeah, he was. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, he had multiple rushing touchdowns. Uh, maybe kind of throw the more Huntley, yeah. Huntley, and throw another small piece to make it Gallup. Yeah, Huntley and Singletary. <laughs> yeah, I was about to there say. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just do the same thing well, you did, except for uh, Gallup or, or Boyd instead of Woods. Maybe something. This like is that. one of those. This is one of those where I would go in the in the group chat in the league chat wherever it is as the Huntley manager and just be like. Man, Huntley's gonna look great in Green Bay next year. Yeah. You know, Huntley's gonna look great in Houston next year. You start hyping up that he's a guy that could be starting next year. I'm glad I got him mm-hmm. off waivers. You start putting that out there, you know, and kind of see like kind of putting some chum in the water. Uh, and then you can kind of start to offer say, some different offers, you know. You could even say that, you know, let's say Huntley's declared the starter, Lamar's out. Go to all all three of the guys who need a quarterback, be like, whoever gives me the best offer, you yep. know, he's yours. So throw a little bit of a bidding war in there and if you get something, I think I don't think Huntley is ever really going to be uh, a huge fantasy asset. I think it's going to be, right. you know, a similar no, situations like this. So I think you strike while the iron's hot. hot. If somebody's willing to give you anything of value, you pretty much take it. Yeah, and the the kind of main trade I put on there was something bigger, and and I don't know that this could get done after today specifically because <laughs> one of these guys' value probably shot up today. It would have been better maybe two days ago. Um, but what it was was I put on there was uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, Singletary for Hawk and Acres. Uh, I don't think Acres is playing this regular season, by the way, so it doesn't help the guy. But but his value did go up uh, a- after he got activated, you know, designated to return off of IR. Uh, the, uh, the reason this came about is I was thinking of I-, I think he needs a tight end. I think tight end is by far his first position. I agree he needs wide receiver depth. But if Ridley plays again, I, I think he's fine as Tyreek, Deontay, and, and Calvin Ridley as the starters. And, and to me, wide receiver depth is kind of one of the easiest cheap pieces to, to pick up. So I wanted to get him a tight end in a 1.75. And the guy, this is a Trades Are Us is the uh, team he'd be trading with. He has Waller and Gronk, who, who aren't young, but I think he can expect at least one of them to be playing next year. So that maybe makes Hawk a little more expendable. Obviously, as we all did, you kind of, in this scenario, you shoot for the playoff teams and, and try and get uh, values off of them. And that's what we all did. And uh, so he has Hawk on injured reserve that he can't start. Uh, Akers isn't starting for him. Uh, the reason I threw Akers in is because I, I – I was almost ready to do Kamara for Hawk straight up, but I, I thought I had my Hawk blinders on. So um, that maybe you needed a little add-on, but I couldn't find a little add-on. So I threw something on the Kamara side and tried to maybe try and get Acres. And I don't even like Acres that much um, coming off the Achilles. And uh, p- perhaps in a, in a you know, 
You weren't a big fan before the Achilles, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually, funny thing is, I actually liked him coming out, but I just his value soared into the stratosphere, and that's what I didn't like. He he got that like Clyde Edwards-Helaire after the rookie draft uh, bump, except he got oh. it uh, after his, his rookie season. Damn. So, and and we also happened with Edwards-Helaire, and I like I liked Akers a lot coming out. I actually had him uh like as my three i actually had uh taylor dobbins and then swift and acres like neck and neck and I, i've since changed all those guys around except taylor but uh in that class but anyway um so yeah i, I just didn't think kamara for hawk was you were getting quite enough back and you now you may be getting too much to so maybe do it you're basically depending on a that maybe he thinks about acres like i do and b he's just so Gaga for points that he's okay with doing something like that. And, and Singletary is coming off a good game. Looks like the lead back now for Buffalo, possibly for these last few weeks heading into the playoffs. Again, I don't know if it gets done, but maybe it starts a conversation. I like, I agree with you guys too, that uh, I think he, I think he's, he, this is a team can compete next year. And I know Kamara, you know, maybe doesn't help losing Kamara, but I, I think he's got, he's got all his picks. He can maybe fill in with running back. You have all off season to figure out running back. I think it's harder to find a tight end of Hawks level. I know he didn't hit what I said. He, you know, I thought he was going to be this year. He, I was kind of expecting he to get to that sort of Andrews level, what he's at now. And, and he didn't do that, but I still think that can be in the future. I mean, this is only Hawks third season. He's only like 24, 25 years old. Uh, and I think I just underestimated how bad the Detroit offense, you know, oh. how bad Goff would be, all that stuff. I think as that improves, we could see, we could see Goff, I'm sorry, uh, Hawk, you know, kind of do what Andrews is doing now. Once he gets a better quarterback, maybe gets another weapon to take a little attention off him, that kind of thing. So, uh, I want to get that tight end in the 1.75, and I'll figure out running back, uh, sometime during the non point scoring season. Like I said, he has. I think all, I don't think he's any extra picks, but he does have all his picks. His first should be decently high. And this is the kind of team you could probably add a running back to, and it would really help. Like a lot of teams that non-playoff teams, they're so bad. It doesn't help to add a running back. So, but this one, I think it would, like I said, his quarterbacks are nice. His starting wide receivers are nice. Uh, and uh, hot slot and hock at tight end, I think could be really nice. My only concern is if it could get done, but like I said, well, maybe it starts the conversation. I like the idea of adding Acres, Acres to Hawk because I think that both of those guys aren't scoring points and Kamara is. And everybody remembers last year where, you know, Kamara went nuts mm. scoring those six touchdowns. Obviously, it didn't somehow translate to a championship <laughs> for everybody's got here. But I think if you're looking at, if you're looking at that and you've got Hawk and Acres and you're in the title game and you're in, you know, the semifinals like we are right here, you might look at that and go, you know what? I, both of those guys have a bunch of big question marks. Kamara scoring points. I could use those points right now to make a push. I'm, I'm sending those two guys for acres or for a Camara. I mean, like I'm sending acres and Hawk. Like I don't ha if I'm there, if I have that, I'm that's a fair trade straight up like that. Um, if they, if you want to do a counter and like offer a third back or Singletary, fine, have them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not too worried about it, but like if, if I'm the, if I'm the Hawk manager, I'm, I'm taking the points. Cause I think Camara has got a lot of points left in that tank, at least for the next year or two. And so, Again, you yeah. could argue that you know he's getting older and he's going to fall off the cliff and all this, but that's not that's not going to happen between now and Sunday. You know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> going to score some points, and the next two weeks are all that matters if you're this close. If you're of the last four to win a title, the championships mean everything. Flags so. fly forever. You know, you yeah. make that move, you win that championship. And like you said, it's not like you're getting a, a two game rental like you are with a move for Big Ben or something like that. Mars exactly. going to have value for the next couple of years. You know, is he going to be a uh, running back one? You know, his value will probably fall off, but. He's definitely still going to have – he's still got plenty left in the tank. 
and, and just the one other thing I wanted to mention with Acres, because I know uh, specifically Scott is not an Acres guy either. He's less of an Acres guy than I am, I think. But he, de- my thinking too with that was, and that's why I didn't mention him when I said about running back, is because I, I figure Scott will move him during the offseason. Once we start seeing the videos, you don't have to keep him. Get those hype videos in there on Twitter, back. the workouts. We'll start <laughs> seeing more running and workouts and Acres with the shirt off and all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> You know, so um, well, I think that's why I say timing is everything because, well, the timing with Acres right now is the best time to get him before he starts making those those videos. I think, too, and, and we always say this, you know, if you're rebuilding, sell all your running backs and if you're contending, buy them all. Well, I mean, come August, that's when people start looking at their lineups and come August, you might look at that and say, you know, Acres is actually a starting running back and we've had some injuries and he's coming off Achilles, but he's better than nothing. I mean, his value is almost definitely only going to go up in my mind. It may not go up a ton. But I think that's an ascending asset. Hawk, I think, might be at the lowest. You might see him, too. Like, you just said it before. So it's almost like sending a, a, a win-now declining asset for two future win-ascending assets. You know, like, that's kind of where it, that, that makes it worth doing on both sides mm-hmm. if you're trying to win. So I thought that was actually a really good trade. And, and I'm glad yeah. you were able to bring that up because it's, it's a big trade, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a big trade, but it's not that big. Like, it's not as big as I've ever seen. So <laughs> Right. That's and it makes think. sense for both teams. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. It's a fair trade that makes sense for both teams, helps both teams where they're at. I, I think that's a perfect scenario. Exactly. All right. Well, I appreciate that. That was awesome, guys. We got through a whole nother show. Find me a trade for our buddy Scott. Hopefully he can take some advice from this. Um, I do think we all agree that there is uh, maybe one or two pieces missing, and this team has a lot of chance to contend. So Absolutely. if Hill stays healthy and the other players, you know, Kamara, obviously, whether you keep him or not, there's a lot of potential. So appreciate you making some time. So I guess while we're signing off, before we get going too fast here, Jay, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and what you got going on here as we head into the offseason? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at GmenJ. I'm a part of the team over on Front Yard Fantasy. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on over there. The main thing is um, have the game show, which Rocky, you've been on uh, multiple times. Andrew, two you're and going to be on for the first time next week. Uh, yeah, right. two and one. So yeah, um, I'm not sure what, what you're playing, Andrew. I'll have to take a look at the <laughs> schedule. But um, have the game show Monday through Friday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Do not have a show tomorrow. Uh, That's one one few times that we're actually not on, um, but most days, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. And it's kind of a tonight show feel. It's, you know, we have people from around the community, uh, analysts, sometimes fans and stuff like that. And just play little, uh, play some games, talk fantasy. Um, you know, the analysis is first, but the, the fun is a very close second behind. Um, we also have a, a show, two shows on FanDuel, both Friday night. We do the game show similar to what we do, um, Fridays at 6 PM Eastern. And then, um, a show on Sundays, a recap show, which we're going to continue. Uh, it's going to be a little different, obviously not a recap show, but we're going to continue it through the off season on FanDuel at 7 nice. PM Eastern. Um, and do a lot of short form content. Um, got a, a great group of guys over there. We like to have a lot of fun. We love our fantasy. Um, and the main thing is, you know, just, uh, like you said, like to like to have fun with it. No, I, it's awesome. I'm looking forward to being on there. Should, I'm not, I'm not prepping at all just to let you know now. I'm, I'm just going to go in blind. We'll see how it goes. You're, that's basically none of, none of the guys prepare for anything either. So you'll feel, I feel right like that's it. my best chance. That's my yeah, best absolutely. chance. So no, I, Really great having you on, Jay. Thanks so much for coming out. Yeah, I know we thank had John you so Luke much. on a, a couple of weeks ago, so yeah. it's good to get some of you, you know, front yard fantasy guys on here. Uh, so obviously, feel free to follow all of us if you're listening to this. You're a fan of us. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. 
Uh, I am Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF, uh, Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. We got Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow, of course. Give us all a follow. Obviously, still, you want to follow the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we do. Uh, but that's the at DAP underscore network where you can catch us live every Thursday. There's a bunch of great shows on there. The Fantasy Timeline, you got Get Real and other, obviously, the Trade Addicts Podcast, too. So make sure you get us all out there. Find everybody. Get us all on Twitter. We always love being a part of the conversation. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Send us feedback. If you have comments or questions, you want to put a review, that's fine, too. Uh, anything else you want to add, Rocky, before we uh, call it a night here? Uh, no, I think that was pretty much it. I guess just, uh, and I don't get to do this very often. but That's uh, right. Your turn. Take us out of here. I want to say Merry Christmas and Junkies out.